And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Going shopping at my parents' house Cause I need some stuff from my parents' house Gonna take it home to my house Cause I need this stuff at my house It's not stealing when you're at your parents' house They want the best for you at your parents' house Taking this stuff back to my house to improve things back at my house shopping here is free at my parents house they don't need all this stuff at their house now we've made it back to my house time to And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, April 7th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling this morning with the once host of the now defunct starters. He's fun <laughs> and irreverent. It's Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. That's Kirby with an E, not an I. Yeah. Uh, we also Is have the international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lealis. Friend. Mm. Lily. And uh, last but not least, making the magic happen here today, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you haven't already, check out Tass's What You Need to Know. And last night's Top Shot Hot Boys, TK and I, were uh, ripping some packs. Uh, we got some interesting moments last night. <laughs> Just leave it at that. But we had a blast. We had so much fun. So go check that out if you're uh, into the Top Shot world like TK and I are. We also want your questions for the next Beach Step and Podcast. We're hitting the beach later today, 3 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube if you want to join us. But for the next one, email your questions and your comments into nodunksattheathletic.com or send them in by Twitter at no dunks inc or leave them in the youtube comments and finally immaculate items always available for sale over at nodunks.com okay today we're gonna actually tackle espn's list of the nba's best 25 under 25 this is something uh they do uh they've been doing for the last couple of years at least sort of ranking young stars in the league and so we'll take a look at that and debate their list and maybe try and tweak it but we start with the games here and Trey you can get us started Steph Curry and the Warriors use a furious finish here to defeat the Bucks without Giannis but 122-121 big win for the Warriors here who are obviously in a race to get into the playoffs Come on, Skeets. If you're going to say Steph Curry and the Warriors, you got to say it's Steph Curry and the Warriors. (laughs) They needed it last night. Needed that win last night. No Giannis. So the Warriors honestly had to have it, unfortunately for them. Traylon heading into that fourth quarter, but fortunately for them, they do got Steph Curry. 11 points he had in the fourth quarter. Felt like more, uh, you know, four baskets, only an assist, but... 
It was just another classic Curry throwback. He ended up with a 41 points and five threes. A great game for anybody, a standard good game for Stephen Curry, however, and I just loved uh, the way that the Warriors charged back in this one. They've lost 12 of 16. They're tumbling in the standings, and Curry honestly just said, not so fast, my friend. But it wasn't just Curry to me. I thought Kelly Oubre Jr. had a really solid game. He ended up with 19 points. He hit four threes, and a couple of those threes came in the fourth quarter, and it really kept the Warriors connected to the Bucks. Uh, I think he hit one that put them within four points. He hit another one that put them within seven points, just keeping the Warriors close enough that Curry could eventually bring them home. Andrew Wiggins, I thought, also made some nice plays. Maybe I got to get me a little chunk of uh, Wiggins Island here. Nine points on four of 15 shooting. How did he help? Well, he made some winning plays. He blocked uh, uh, the jumper right at the end of the game here to, uh, to seal things for the Warriors, and he had a nice tip out for another Curry three earlier in the game. The, the Warriors locked down. The Warriors got gritty, and with Giannis Antetokounmpo out, it was enough for uh, the Warriors to pick up that dub uh, with Steph Curry going off. Uh, a much-needed win for them because, I don't know, you saw Curry afterwards. He's been sore. He hurt his butt. He's excited he's got a butt pad now, had a tough landing, but with him being out for a little bit and the Warriors honestly struggling and Maybe they could even get a little bit more out of Steph Curry, if you ask me. They needed this win because we know yeah. that the Grizzlies are, are charging hard on them. You know, things are going to be tightening up here in the Western Conference as some of these, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Pelicans, actually, uh, as some of these worst teams kind of uh, fade away to the background. Surely the top 10, 11 teams will be creeping up the standing. So, yeah, really nice for the Warriors to actually be able to stem the tide here, stop the bleeding, whatever you want to call it. They needed a win. It didn't look like they were going to get one until Steph Curry was there. Yeah, you could tell, Lily, that Steve Kerr was pumped with this victory. And like Trey saying, really, really needed it. Uh, he was jacked after them pulling this off, like this furious comeback. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the, the Warriors, this is not a season where they're just like, well, let's just wait till next season. They, they want to get back into the playoffs and they want to win and compete. And uh, as Trey mentioned there, they're a game and a half up on the Pelicans who dropped one last night in Atlanta, which could be a crucial one. The Warriors uh, are, are looking to win. They're hoping to win. They, they need every single win. And Steph Curry, a couple of games ago, has basically sort of talked about it. Like, we gotta, we got to be better. There's no excuses for this team. You know, everyone's dealing with injuries and things like that. They just had to be better. And uh, so they, they pull out a, a very, very important victory for them. But I just wonder if Steph may miss a few more games going forward because he did land on that, um, you know, the sort of tailbone area again last night. He did that little hump. Wasn't really celebrating. That was more in pain. <laughs> Bit of an Embiid thrust, though, for sure. Exactly, yeah. Um, so that's something that he, either way, whether he misses games or not, you know that he's probably going to be certainly not 100% because that's a sort of injury that uh, doesn't, I don't think it's just going to uh, go away anytime soon uh i thought uh for the warriors though i mean the, the bucks were up 10 points with about three minutes to go they all they really had to do was close this one out and they couldn't do that and i thought trey was right there as well there andrew wiggins making some impact not necessarily scoring the ball just doing other things being active being uh important because he had a clunker of a three right at the end there which uh in the end didn't cost them but then Kelly Oubre practice your free throws kids uh got to the free throw line and knocked them in and uh, and and just got the Warriors home, and I thought that defensive scramble at the end there could have gone either way. The Bucks could have got the ball to drop in; it didn't, so the Warriors get it. But they're, they're um, you know, th this season hasn't been a good one, obviously, for the Golden State Warriors. They had much higher expectations, even though they knew they were going in here without Clay Thompson, and it hasn't gone well. So they want to get back to winning, and uh, right now they'd be, you know, tenth 
in the standing, so they'd be in the playing tournament. Um, they'd be a tough team to face, you know, that experience, especially there with Draymond and, and Steph Curry there, you know, the experienced guys who have been to the finals. They'd be tough, but I think they would uh, much rather be out of that area and into the mm-hmm. sort of at, at worst sixth seed. Yeah, I agree with that. As for the Bucks too, like I don't want to gloss over this loss. I mean, they are really sort of settling in probably to the third seed in the Eastern Conference, falling, uh, I think it's two and a half back of both the Nets and the Sixers. And they're still up, you know, pretty comfortably on the Hawks, who we'll get to, mm-hmm. who are in fourth. But, uh, you know, that's not good. It feels like in the East, there's going to be a nice little race there for the number one seed because it just means you're helping your chances, right, of going to the conference finals, meaning you're not going to have to play one of those other elite teams in the Eastern Conference in the second round. So, you know, the Bucks we keep talking about to save Budenholzer's job probably have to go far i mean you'd think they'd have to go to the conference finals maybe even the finals or at least not and get embarrassed and it's going to be very difficult there again probably playing a nets or a sixers lately in a second round series mm-hmm. just because that's the way it's gonna gonna shake down here but uh yeah no Giannis, so it's always going to be difficult when you don't have your best player but they still have, they have this one in the bag like that's they a have. w right there yeah they're gonna regret that one if they do ultimately finish third well you brought up joel Embiid. let's get to him scores 35 as the Sixers dominated the Celtics, 106-96. It looked a little closer than it maybe was. Lee, big takeaway. Well, it pretty much followed the script as it should have been for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, The Celtics really didn't have an answer for Joel Embiid. Brad Stevens tried all three, actually. Robert Williams got the start there. Best option. Young, strong, athletic. Picked up a couple of fouls, though. Uh, It didn't really work. Then big Luke Cornett came out, and I, and I guess the the, the I think the, the primary thought from Brad Stevens was he's going to get destroyed defensively, but <laughs> maybe he can stretch the floor a little bit. He hit a couple of threes. Maybe we can just get MB to work on that end defensively. But if you're the Sixers and Doc Rivers, I think you'd be more than happy with Luke Cornett being the focus of the offense. Uh, and then Big Taco even got a shot out there. You know the long arms. He's obviously much taller. He can test those shots. Yeah, I thought he was okay. You know, I mean, no, no one really had an answer for him. And I mean, look, if you want to nitpick, and I will nitpick here, I'll just say Embiid could have been even more dominant, I thought, last night. I thought a couple of times in that first half, settle for a couple of threes. In the second half, a couple of those mid-rangers. I'm being very, very nitpicky here. He had 35 points. He had 20 free throw attempts. I was going to say, he 19. went to the line, like, every possession. Of I know, like. I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, this game was in control. The Philadelphia 76 yeah. in the second quarter had control. And they pretty much cruised in the third and fourth quarter. I'm just saying, if like looking at that, a couple of times I was like, Embiid, I think, just knew, though, there was no one coming off the bench who he was like, well, like, this guy could cause me some problems here. He dominated early. And then he sort of, that's fine. When you build up a little bit of a lead, then he's like, okay, I'm going to get a little bit comfortable and try to hit a couple of these threes. That's, that's all I'm saying. He was fantastic last night. I thought uh, Danny Green was great too uh, last night for Philadelphia. So this is a good win. And if you're Brad Stevens, I think you just knock uh, politely on the door of Danny Ainge and saying, uh, so what's going on? What are we doing here? I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, we're we just, uh, we just not hey, going Danny. with the big man. Like, you know, I mean, we're just, that's it. This is, I mean, you must look at this team right now. And I've been trying to sort of make out that Boston is better than their record. But as the season gets on, I'm like, actually, I feel a lot less confident in them now. I think Tatum and Brown, absolute studs, no doubt about it. But I'll be surprised if both Kemba and Marcus Smart are there next season. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of Marcus Smart, but it's almost like, 
They need, he maybe can get them something back in return. Uh, Kemba has uh, two seasons left on his contract, but one as a player option around $37 million. So I'm not sure how much interest there'd be in, in, in uh, picking up a guy who has had some injury concerns there. But that Celtics, that in the middle there. I mean, Daniel Tice was better better option than the any, any of the other guys I had there last night, and they traded him away. So uh, uh, the Celtics, I'm not sure really about them. But Joel Embiid, I, I, I like seeing him. You know, he's fine again. He knew he was dominant. You just almost wanted to see him just really crush them to the ground. And he didn't quite do that, even though he was uh, absolutely superb. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, practice your free throws, kids. Even Joel Embiid afterwards, like, <laughs> I'm better than an 80% free throw shooter. <laughs> hey, 16 for 20. That's not bad in my yeah, book, yeah. but I'm 100% with you on the Celtics, Lee. I had them as my most overrated team heading into the season because they can't guard the rim. They don't have a lot of depth. And for some reason, they seem to be the less than the sum of their parts. That hasn't changed at all this season. We all keep expecting the Celtics to be able to turn it on here because they've made it to the Eastern Conference Finals three of the past four years. But they have major issues that aren't really solvable with the, the personnel that they have right now. The, the key for the Celtics when it comes to play in tournament time, when it comes to postseason time, is that Tatum's just going to have to go to another level. He's really going to have to average 35 close to 40 a game for this team to have enough offense because you saw last night the Sixers yeah Embiid had a great game like he still was able to get 35 points a lot of it came at the free throw line but the defense that the Celtic or that the Sixers played was incredible they gave up 26 points in the fourth quarter that was the only time that the Celtics got over 25 in any of the quarters 96 for the game when you are able to lock down that hardcore on defense like the Sixers were you don't have to score a whole bunch of points and if you're parading to the free throw line it gets really hard for another team to get back in the mix so yeah Embiid I think he can still be better better his jump shot's gonna get back uh, to where it was earlier in the season when he was a knockdown shooter from the mid-range and hitting the threes as well so as he plays more they're gonna get better but he's already having an impact defensively and obviously that's where the Sixers really make their bread and butter on the flip side the offense just has to be good enough. Last night, it was. Yeah. I'm excited to see if this Sixers team, if we get this series, if they can slow down the Nets. I mean, because this, uh, this is an awesome defensive team when they have all of their components out there, the Sixers are. But is that enough? Can anybody actually stop, you know, three guys on the Nets that can go for 30 or 40 on any given night? And then, you know, the flip side of that is do they have enough offense to even hang with them? Because you're going to have to put up some numbers, I think, even if your d- defense is better totally. than most teams against the Nets. And, uh, you know, Embiid's just going to have to, he's going to have to just dominate a, a Nets series again if they were to meet up in, uh, you know, possibly a second round, but maybe a conference finals or stuff like that. Can't wait. I hope we get something like that. But, look, I'm hanging on to a, to a, a thread here with my bet against Tass, who has the Nets, of course, uh, going to the finals. We got 100, 100 fin dogs on this. Uh, so... I need the Sixers to be dominant here down the stretch, so I have a little confidence. Because the Bucks, man, I don't know. I like. I know there was no Giannis in that, but are you all that confident in them in like a close game situation? Ugh. Uh, I'm not, especially against the Nets if they were to match up. So, come on, Sixers. <laughs> you got to win me 100 bucks here, hopefully. Okay. You might want to set that aside, Skeets. You can, see, you can lock the Nets into the finals. There's oh, Tass celebrating with your money yeah. right there. 
Yeah, that is my money right there. It's on his forehead. He's just mocking me. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> all right. You well, paying him in Canadian or American, yeah. you think? Well, I'll be paying him in pennies, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> the next one here, uh, the Lakers, they built a big lead, uh, cruised past the Raptors, 110-101. Uh, it, was, it was over early. Lakers just dominated the uh, Tampa Bay Raptors. Tampa Bay Raptors had me turning into Temperpoy on Twitter, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, well, we're going to do something with that a little bit later in the week but i want to show you guys the tussle one of the strangest tussles we've had in a while i would say <laughs> that resulted in ejections and we're going to show it to you here on the stream team tuss it's, talk yeah it's og Ananobi um getting dragged down by dennis schroeder who was trying to tie him up on the fast break and then they remain tangled when the when the play was blown dead and then og just like tucks his arm under schroeder's leg and just effortlessly picks him up scoops him up a nice uh Leg sweep here with WrestleMania coming up later this week. And then, of course, everybody gets all upset. Dennis is all fired up. OG's like, ah, I, I don't know how strong I am. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., he's fired up being a new Raptors uh, player, obviously coming to his guy's defense. You got Montrose Harrell getting in there. In the end, OG got tossed, and Montrose Harrell got tossed. Uh, Lee, what would you think of uh, the referee's decision after looking at this and just this entire weird play in general? Well, I don't have a problem with what Dennis Schroeder did. He, he made a play. And we often say, like, if you're going to stop a guy from scoring, stop him from scoring. I don't think he did anything dirty on that play. Yeah, uh, I agree. He hung on to him. And then OG just sort of picks him up and, and does sort of slam him. Or not slam him, no. but, you know, he, 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 he picks him up in a sort of like, uh, you know, like, like that. But then he just drops him. He should not have been ejected for that um, at all. I, I, I Look, look Schroeder's ready to fight straight away. He's not writhing in pain on the ground or anything like that. Montrez Harrell's the one who escalates it. Um, so under those circumstances, I can see why they ejected him. But he also didn't deserve to be ejected, no, I don't I think. I think they're just a little quick on the whistles for those sorts of things. No one threw any punches. Sure, there was a bit of pushing and classic NBA sort of scrapping. Everyone wants to fight everyone, but no one really wants to fight. Uh, I, I thought, you know, it's the, the refs, I think, just try to... They try to say, right, we're going to just throw these guys out because they did something wrong when they didn't really do anything wrong. It was just, it was a basketball play that sort of got a little bit out of hand, but nothing, nothing crazy there. Like, no one's too angry about anything. I, I honestly don't think Dennis Schroeder, I think Dennis Schroeder made a good play, you know, right. stopping it. But what about, and, but, and but, I, but I don't OG, think it, does OG deserve to be tossed for the picking up, Dennis? No, you don't no, think so? No, well. no, no. No, I didn't think so. I, I, I mean, just give him the tech fair. All yeah. right, tech fair for you, tech fair for you. But that, that, it's just such a harsh punishment for just, uh, you know, nothing. Like, OG wasn't out of control either in what he was doing. He was just I sort of like, I don't uh, even think he, like, meant to, like, send a message yeah. by, like, I like pick- Oh, come on. He wraps his arms around his leg and picks him up. Well, he's trying to keep himself upright there. An easy thing to do would be not grab his leg. It's very yeah. easy to stand up and not grab somebody's leg. Obviously, Schroeder flips over because he weighs 170 pounds. Yeah. OG's a strong guy, so it looks bad. But there's no doubt that OG wraps his arms around right Schroeder's there. legs, lifts him up, and ha- and he falls to the ground. Should he have been ejected? I don't know about that. But it's at least probably a flagrant one, a technical, whatever they're going to call it. Something had to be called on OG here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I th- yeah. I yeah double- Montrez elevates it, but yeah. it wouldn't have been a thing if OG doesn't flip him over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Dennis Schroeder's just too light. Just, You're right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's it's just, I wonder, that's why I said it. this is one of the strangest ones, man. I'm, I'm, it, it, 
uh, does Fred Van Vliet get a suspension here? Because he comes running out. He's not even playing. Right, right, right. I highly, um, highly doubt it. I, I do too, but sometimes they're, they're, they have no tolerance on that rule at all. So That was um, the weird part. Like, Montrez Harrell getting ejected for, like, escalating it. Okay. But, like, Gary Trent Jr. is sort of doing a lot of, like, pushing around there too. Oh, and, yeah. like, stepping to guys a little bit. You know, he's got, he's got OG's back. It's like... I guess they looked at him like he was trying to separate people where Harold is more coming at people. I don't know. It's a weird one. Who I like that Gary Trent Jr. already feels like he's been a Raptor for oh, yeah. the entirety <laughs> of the We the North run. Like, it seems like he's been there forever already. Oh, yeah. 100% agree. And like, yeah, Raptors fans, I mean, the Raptors got hammered, like I said. Uh, they made like a fake second half run, as they've done a million times this year. But... Raptors fans were almost happy with OG slamming Dennis Schroeder and then Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, repping so hard for uh, We the North. Uh, they're all in on that. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, can you blame him? The guy's hit a buzzer-beating game winner, and he's sticking up for other players or his teammates in a in a tussle. Love a little tussle talk for the Toronto-Tampa Bay Raptors. <laughs> that's how you win fans, man. Yeah. yeah. And that's how, honestly, that helps getting a deal come summertime because now the Raptors fans are going to be like, we traded Norm Powell. Gary Trent Jr., this guy's already a Raptors legend. Yeah. You can't let him go, Masai. That's <laughs> going up. Um, I saw William Liu writing about the Raptors. He does his 10 things. Marcus Gasol, Lee, was uh, excited to play his old team. I mean, he had 13 points. And as William Liu said, when Marcus Gasol is scoring 13 points, it feels like 30 points from, you know, anybody else. Because yeah. Gasol, you know, not a scorer at this point in his career. But you look at the Raptors, and Gasol's, like, basically going to be a third-string center on a healthy Lakers team. He would be the starting center on this Raptors team without question. Uh, so that's a real kick to the nuts if you're a Raptors fan. It's like, <laughs> this guy barely even plays. He's not going to be playing on this team. And yeah. man, we could use him as a starting center. Too bad he's gone. Yeah, uh, I mean, Marcus Gasol has been a little bit motivated recently since they yeah. signed Andre Drummond. He had a good game uh, against the Clippers, I think it was the other day. And uh, yeah, against his, his former team, the Raptors. But it's not, I mean... You know, the Raptors didn't do him dirty or anything like no, that. I no, no, I'm just saying the Raptors could desperately oh, use yeah. him right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but I, I honestly thought down in the bubble, though, I thought Marcus Gasol was pretty much washed down there. I thought he didn't look good, so yeah. I wasn't I wasn't sort of too disappointed or surprised when uh, Masai Jiri didn't bring him back. So I thought, unfortunately, Marcus uh best days have passed him, and I think they still are, but he's yeah. just had a bit of a, a resurgence this last week or so because his spot's in jeopardy there, and then he comes down to Tampa to play the Raptors. So, you know, but overall, I, I don't think Marcus Gasol's making a, a significant difference to the Raptors' season if he was on their team from the start. <laughs> I think he's helping, though. Um, I will say, John Schumann keeps telling me, the Raptors, man, they're going to make the play-in tournament. Like, they're going to be in there because they have, like, a really decent, like, net rating. You know, they lose all these weird games, whatever. Schumann, I don't know, man. I'm, start- I'm starting to lose faith here. He keeps telling me, like, no, no, they're going to be one of those teams in there. Uh, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not convinced. Right. Yeah, I notice he never DMs me that. Oh, yeah, he doesn't. I, guess, yeah, I wonder, does he have faith in your bulls? I'm not sure. Well, I know he doesn't. Oh. I see the power rankings every week, despite the fact that they have better net ratings than the teams that are ahead of them. Yeah, I read your columns, John Schumann. Step your wow, game up. Wow. Bulls are making a play-in tournament. They're going to smoke the Raptors Thursday. Shots then we can talk. fired from Trey at Schumann. I hope he's in here. I don't know if he's in the comments section. Oh, yeah, there's the no-dunks graveyard match this Thursday. Loser gets buried live on NBA Happy Hour. That's what we're doing. Uh, might have a, Well, actually, you might have uh, someone in your corner for this special match, uh, Trey Kirby, on NBA Happy oh, Hour this Thursday. Stacking up. Got yeah. some backup. 
Some yeah. Bulls are back up. I love it. We might have another Bulls fan joining us for that one. That's all I'll say right now. That's all I'll say. Okay, next game, though. Trey Young leads the hot-shooting Hawks. Ka-ka! Past the Pelicans, 123-107. Uh, two things to note for me from this game. One, the Hawks caught fire in the third quarter. They hit all 11 of their three-point attempts. Uh, wow. That's pretty amazing. That's an NBA record, uh, going 11 for 11 from distance in the quarter. They made 20 of 31 overall from three. Bogdanovich here, Lee, is really coming on. Like, this is what we all expected with the Hawks. Not only their record right now, where they've moved up or, like, as comfortably right now by themselves in fourth place in the Eastern Conference, but Bogdanovich over his last five games averaging 21.4 points per game. He hit a bunch of threes last night, a lot of them coming in that third quarter. You know, this is good for the Hawks here. They are uh, looking, again, I think like a team we sort of expected um, at the start of the season. And they came out of the gate hot, and then, of course, they completely fell apart. Pierce gets fired, and now they're balling under Nate McMillan. They're 13-4, and I believe, under Coach yeah. McMillan. And then the other point from this game that I wanted to bring up, it was nice to see, Isaiah Thomas back in the league. He had eight points in his debut for the Pelicans uh, after one practice with the team. He signed a 10-day on Saturday. First game, Lee, since... February 3rd, 2020, with Washington, mm. if you remember. Now, Pelican's backcourt is like, they're decimated right now due to injury. Josh Hart is out uh, for a couple of weeks because he's getting surgery to repair a torn ligament in his thumb. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he was held out. He had a high ankle sprain in the game on Sunday. And then uh, Lewis Jr. as well didn't play. He had a strained right calf, so they need some, uh, some guards out there. And so... Here's Isaiah Thompson. I don't know. It's a feel-good story. I was, ha- yeah, I was excited to see him. Uh, yeah, and look, he there. can score. Yeah, he can score. He averaged 29 a game for a season there. You know, he was an All NBA player. He can, he can shoot. He can score. I mean, defensively, of course, he's not. That's not his strength. But the Pelicans just need somebody out there, a veteran who can keep the. You know, can give him a bucket, and he can do that. So. Um, you know, it's a 10-day, it's, 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 it's a Band-Aid solution, and, and certainly, uh, you know, if you're picking up a guy this late into the season off the waivers, you know, you don't want your, your offense to revolve around that. But uh, the story of this game was, as you said there, the Hawks in that third quarter, 11 threes, and they were all right in front of Stan Van Gundy. And uh, you, could just see his, you could just see his head dropping more and more each time because it's just like, oh, come on, you cannot be serious. Like, right. Trey Young had one, that, almost like the Kawhi, it sort of bounced, 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 and then it just sort of dropped in as well mm-hmm. so uh but i i always think about stan van gundy with the threes because you know his orlando magic team was one of the first teams that basically was like dwight in the middle and then you got jj reddick you got turkaloo you got jameer nelson you got rashad lewis basically spread the floor yeah. and just fire away and so last night i mean you know he's looking at this team now it's not quite the same you don't have the dwight howard factor here but Everyone just firing away threes like that. And uh, it, it's one of the, you know, he was certainly one of the earlier adopters that that was their strategy. Uh, so he was on the receiving end of it there last night. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Stan, uh, he's fun to watch, isn't he, on the side? He's an emotional guy. He can't hide it. He's not stoic on the side. He's up and down. Well, he's not really up. He's just down. Mm. When his team's down, Stan goes down with him. Yeah, his quotes even after the game is like, he was yeah. basically like, we started playing their style of basketball, or thought we could, and uh, it was not ours, and it backfired, and I think there was some truth to that. A good win, though, for the Hawks, Trey, and again, they're up to fourth. It'd be weird that the Hawks finish in fourth after this strange season that they've had here. Um is there any case to be made for Coach McMillan for Coach of the Year? <laughs> oh, baby. I mean, I'm going to throw it out there. I, I think it's unlikely, but uh, maybe he gets some votes. I don't know. 
they've looked honestly a lot better since yeah. Nate McMillan turned it around. So I don't know. Surely he'll show up on some ballots. But how about the executive of the year ballot, Skeets? Mm. Maybe Travis Schlenk gets some buzz now. Made a lot of moves in the offseason. Seemed like they weren't going to work made a big move during the season, and now all of the moves seem to be working. Everybody getting healthy right in time for Coach McMillan to take over. Maybe that helps Travis Schlenk because there were certainly some questions about what the Hawks have been doing in February when mm-hmm. all of those guys were missing time. Only other thing I really have to add to this game, anytime the Hawks have a crazy three-point shooting kind of night, I just start thinking about the Corver counter. In the good old days when Kyle Korver was making a three-pointer in however many consecutive games he did, and it was such a big deal that uh, he finally toppled Dana Barros' record. Good times. Yeah, Yeah. great call. I do remember the Korver. We actually uh, put that in in an in-memoriam one year after after they got rid of it. Uh, Uh, Bring it back? Yeah, sure. Uh, Final four games. I'll just uh, run through them. Trey, you can uh, touch on any of them that you want to. I got an idea you'll touch on one of these. Uh, Vooch, he helped the Bulls run past the shorthanded Pacers, 113-97. I don't think Schumann was watching, though. Um, Dylan Brooks and the Grizzlies ended another heat win streak. Uh, Nice victory for the Grizzlies. John Morant, though, uh, a little scary. Had some... uh, Tightening of his back at the end of this game. I don't know if you guys saw that. He says he's fine, so hopefully he's okay. Paul George was on fire. Clippers destroyed the Blazers. Beat down. First quarter beat down. And then the Nuggets stay undefeated with Aaron Gordon. Uh, they're still perfect with AG there. They beat the, Bist- the Pistons 134-119. I think I should get a few uh, Executive of the Year votes. Uh, I mean, I did come up with the Aaron Gordon trade to Denver. So, you know, maybe put me on your ballot at the end of the year. But Trey, which of those games do you want to um, touch on real quick? You already know, Skeets. Two in a row for the Bulls. Gotta go away to come back, as I said. But as we know, the Nets always play down to their competition, and the Bulls beat under 500 teams, which is what the Pacers are. So a necessary win for the Bulls. I'm still waiting for them to be back. I will say, though, best they've looked since the trade deadline. 32 points, 17 rebounds for Nick Vucevic. I and that big beef. Bulls haven't had one since Pau Gasol in 2014. Wow. What I really love from Vooch, five assists. Yep. The two-man game with Zach Levine was looking nice. Bulls have been a top 10 assist team all season long, 28 last night. My vision of a Nuggets light offense, I don't think it's insane. You see it in the performances of Lowry Markkinen and Kobe White last night. They're doing less. They're getting easier shots, and they're able to contribute just by catching and shooting and getting wide open looks rather than having to create for themselves. Even Zach Levine, I feel like, is doing a little bit less. He didn't have a crazy game last night, 19 points on 18 shots, if I'm not mistaken, but he's able to pick his spots now, make great plays, had a huge hammer dunk, followed it up with a buzzer-beating three at the end of the third quarter. Mm -hmm. Most important, though, a well-timed win for the Chicago Bulls. Pacers lost, duh, they were playing the Bulls, but so did the Heat, the Celtics, and the Raptors, all teams who were kind of right around them in the standings. Obviously, the Hawks got a W. They're a bit ahead of the Bulls right now. Nonetheless, Great start to a road trip for Chicago. They had lost eight of nine. This is their first of five on the road. The next 10 games are winnable games. They're not going to go 10 and 0. It's not like, but it's not like the Western Conference swing that they just went on when they lost six straight. If they improve as much as they have since the trade deadline, I think they can go five and five pretty easily. And right. that's an easy way to recover from an honestly the worst stretch of the season that the Bulls had these past couple of weeks. But if they're able to turn this around, go 500 in the next couple of weeks. They really are going to be talking about solidifying themselves at that 10 seed. Big stuff for Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Big stuff. Just quickly looking at their schedule. They, they, from here on out, you know, they, they should 
be able to win more than they lose. Just that's, uh, you know, they've got like uh, a, a couple of teams there, you know, the Cavs twice, Orlando's in there. You know, teams like the Knicks, the Hawks, they're, they're games that the Bulls definitely should be close to and, and have to win a couple of those, mm-hmm. of course. But, uh, yeah, the schedule's not too bad here for, for Chicago. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's good for Chicago. I mean, I think they're... Uh, well, we're going to find out on Thursday night. If they can beat the Raptors, and then it's over for the Raptors and the Bulls are in. That's the that's the stipulations of this match, man, of this that's big right. game. Like, everybody knows that. Um, Lee, I got to ask you just before we move on here. Did you see the clip of Jokic and Aaron Gordon playing hot potato with the ball back and forth, back and forth, back and forth? <laughs> no, and will like, that make... You didn't see this? No. What the, oh, no, here it is, Lee. That's just oh, so right, good. Right. My goodness. Lee, I want to know, is this a very solid play? Like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, there's no dunking involved there. That's, yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't believe you didn't uh, tweet that out. Well, I saw... That. I saw that, that Look, I'll be honest. That was the uh, a game that I... Yeah. Uh, was late on the calendar too because it was a massive blowout, and I thought, ah, there's not a whole lot of uh, breakdown of that one. But yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's uh, that's definitely going into the mix. Right. I feel like Jokic <laughs> needs his own category of very solid plays that are mm. like very pickup plays because, like, <laughs> throwing four passes within eight feet yeah. of the basketball—that's what happens on a Wednesday night with forty-five-year-old yeah. men playing basketball. But Jokic and Aaron Gordon are doing it in an NBA game. It's like shoot it, no, you shoot it, no, you shoot it, no, you shoot it. Oh, totally. Suddenly. Chiefs blows a layup and we're going the other way and Drew's taking a 30-footer. What's going on? Did you see, though, his uh, other fadeaway last night from the three-point mm-hmm. line where it was, oh, my God. <laughs> it's, I know we see that stuff from him, but even still, it's just it's like that's just such a bad good shot for him. Yep. You know, it's just it's just so much fun. Yeah, Nuggets continuing to roll. I know it was against the Pistons, but, uh, again, still undefeated with Aaron Gordon there in the lineup. Okay, we're going to get to this, uh, you know, best... 25 under 25 ranking these like young stars in this league. But before we do a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> look, at those, look, at those, look at those games. Look at those socks. Look at those flip-flops. Yeah. I have a lot of uh, Filipino uh, people confirm yeah. that uh, that's a definite skill of Filipinos to somehow wear <laughs> socks and flip flops. I've just got so much uh, in common with the Filipinos. I love basketball and I wear socks and flip flops. Yeah. I just didn't realize. I've never been to the Philippines. I'd love to get uh, out there. We're, we're going. I mean, you keep yeah. saying we're doing some tour in Australia. We're we're stopping in the Philippines, no oh, doubt. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, guys, which young NBA stars are taking over, and which teams have the best collection of young talent in the league those are the questions espn's insiders bobby marks kevin pelton and mike schmitz they set out to answer uh this week by ranking their top 25 players under the age of 25 based on future potential 
That last part is key because that part has a lot of people fired up based on future potential. I'm going to hit you with the top 10 here on the stream team. I got a ticker rolling on the bottom like these guys guys. are being drafted. But the top 10 is Luca in order. Luca number one, Zion number two, LaMelo Ball number three, Donovan Mitchell number four, Jason Tatum number five, De'Aaron Fox number six, Ben Simmons number seven, Devin Booker number eight, Bam Adebayo at number nine, and my guy, SGA, Shea Gilgis Alexander at number 10. And then it goes, you know, Ingram, Jalen, Jamal, MPJ, Moran, Trey Young, Mikhail Bridges, Sabonis, Anthony Edwards, Eaton, Halliburton, John Collins, Jared Allen, Lonzo, and Colin Sexton. There you go. I just hit you with the top 25. But, Lee, focusing on the top 10, mm-hmm. who were you most surprised to not see in, again, the ESPN Insiders top 10? You know, some maybe some of those names I just hit you from 11 through 25, yeah. or maybe somebody that's not even on the list. Where are you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The key here is the uh, future. It's not right now. That's what that's what they based it on, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's what they're again, saying. And like people yeah. are pissed off because they seem yeah. to be prioritizing future potential over like yeah. current production. You know, that's where, yeah. where the, the hang. Well, for me though, I have Trey Young ahead of De'Aaron Fox and Shea Gilgis Alexander today, okay. just based on what we've seen so far. Uh, Trey Young, it wasn't an all-star, obviously, this season. Uh, he was last season. He was very close to becoming a, a two-time all-star already. I think Trey Young has shown already that uh, he's certainly a modern-day player. You know, he's got that deep range already. He he can shoot that three-ball well enough. Um, I can see him being a multiple all-NBA player. Now, that's not to say that I don't think De'Aaron Fox or Gilgis Alexander have that potential at some point. Mm-hmm. I just think based on what I've seen so far, and a part of it is maybe the teams, although the Hawks, you wouldn't say, are, are too far ahead of where the Kings and the Thunder are in terms of, uh, you know, respect and where they're going to go and how good they can be. But I just think Trey Young, if you were to, if you were to ask me right now who I'd rather have on my team going forward, it's close. It's very close because I think Fox and Gilgis Alexander are outstanding talents. But I would think Trey Young would project to have a better career uh, than, than those two guys mm. from what I've seen so far. I mean, Trey Young is only, what, 22 and a half, too. It's like he's yeah. not knocking on the door at 25. He's got a couple no. of years and seasons left here. Yeah, him at 16th is a, a bit of an eye-opener. What, what do you think? Uh, same question for you, uh, our Trey. Uh, yeah. Is it Trey Young? Is it somebody else that you were surprised that didn't at least crack their top 10? Just a single slot up, Skeetsy Jaw for me. He turned the Grizzlies competitive instantly. You know, his progress this season, I don't think he's taking quite the leap that people would expect. You know, he's averaging one more point per game, shooting less than 25% from three. Yeah. Not even 80% from the line. Certainly the shooting is probably the biggest concern with John Morant, but the force of personality, the force at which he plays and the confidence which he plays, I'm surprised that he wasn't closer to the top 10. I feel like he's a little bit more established than a guy, just like Lee's saying, like SGA. But, I mean, I guess they're similar sorts of players. I just thought that Jaws' team success already would probably push him higher, considering he's still obviously incredibly young as well. You know, he's 21 and a half. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, if he shot the ball better this season, you probably see him higher on this list. I think that's right. Second question from this is, is there anybody else that is like too high for you, Trey, or too low, or, you know, you can't believe is not even included in the top 25? Where do you want to go with it? Too low for me, Skeets. I'm sure you guessed it. Where's Patrick Williams? <laughs> Where's Patrick Williams at? 19 years old, starting the entire season for a playoff team. This guy didn't 
even get a vote. Ooh. He's getting compared to Kawhi Leonard by LeBron James. He knows what he's talking about, but we got people voting Keldon Johnson over Patrick Williams. Makes sense. Obviously, the national media doesn't watch the Bulls. I would have Patrick Williams in over Keldon Johnson, John Collins, DeAndre Ayton, and DeMontis Sabonis. Wow. I mean, I think they're all solid players. They all have all-star potential. This guy's only 19. He's going to be one of the best defenders in the league by the time he's 23. Okay. I mean, that's a little shocking you didn't get a vote uh, from either didn't of these get a three vote. guys. That is a little shocking. Lee, um, where, where do you go with that question? Who's too high, too low? Can't believe he's not even in there. Well, LaMelo Ball has been fantastic to watch. I've fallen in love with him like most of us have uh, this season, but I do not think he's a better player or will be a better player than Jason Tatum. I think Tatum should be in that number three slot. Uh, obviously, right now, really? Celtics... Yeah, I think so. I, I think Jason Tatum has you know, MVP caliber potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, maybe LaMelo does too. Who knows? But it's only been half a season that we've seen really of LaMelo so far and is fantastic and he's outperformed expectations in a lot of ways as well I think but uh, from what I've seen again I've seen Jason Tatum for uh, what's this his fourth third season fourth, fourth season yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's already to me established himself as a uh, as a as a superstar you know and um, LaMelo I think has the potential but it's going to be interesting to see what LaMelo does and if he continue to can continue to, to take great strides next season and become even better than he has been this season. That shot, while it's not pretty, it's not too bad. You know, it's effective. He's a good rebound. He's a good defender. He's got a lot of tools there already, but Jason Tatum has just shown them to me already uh, over uh, his short career. So where I sit today, I, I'd have Tatum ahead of LaMelo Ball. But LaMelo, I don't, I'm not, you know, based again on, on future potential, I'm not upset LaMelo's in the top 10. I just think he's a touch high at number three. Yeah, that may be fair. Um, Tatum's just had the weirdest season, right? I mean, mm. he's, his numbers are pretty damn incredible. Like, 25 a game, right? But Celtics obviously have completely disappointed. And it's like, I mean, is he's not making All-NBA, I assume, this year. Like, I no, think but it's early unlikely. on. I know, I know. I'm just thinking it's a he was weird at the table. year for him. Yeah. He was at the table, the MVP table, but uh, you know, and, and yeah, not to make excuses for him, but uh, he he yeah. had the virus, yep. and and he's talked about how that has just kind of he's really struggled to just sort of get back from that. Mm-hmm. So you know, perhaps that's a factor, but uh, I mean, he he you know from from his rookie season, he was a star, and he's continued to go to get better each season, and I think he just will continue to do that. Do you have any qualms, Trey, with Luca being ahead of Zion? Um, in the pecking order for a list like this, the best 25 under 25? No. Nah, I saw him hit a game winner in the playoffs already. So I think his potential is 100% there. It's just a matter of being able to get the three-pointer as consistent as he wants it to be because he can get it off anytime. He can shoot it from deep, and he's a great shooter. The percentages will come with time. And yeah, Zion, I mean, still has some question marks around the filling out the rest of his game. Obviously, he's the best paint scorer in the league already. But the other guy I got too high. Sorry, Skeetsy. De'Aaron Fox at six. Yeah, Ahead of me. all NBA players. Ben Simmons, Devin Booker could be knocking on the door. Bam Adebayo at some point could be knocking on the door. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Fox is going to make an all-star team at some point in his career. Probably multiple, but... We've got guys who are already already winning awards. You know, Ben Simmons already was on an all defensive team. He could easily be a defensive player of the year at some point in his career. I think the same goes for Bam. And I think Devin Booker is going to be an all NBA player probably this season. It doesn't seem like it's going to stop for him. So I was a little surprised to see Fox just outside of the top five. Yeah, I think that's 
fair because I was a little shocked he was that high. I loved Aaron Fox. Maybe this was a case of great timing when they were building this list. I mean, Fox yep. is playing like by far his best basketball of his career. I mean, the guy was like, did he win player of the month? He won a couple player of the weeks there, I think is what happened with him. And he was just like putting up 30 uh, in his sleep. It felt like every night. He's awesome. He's like 23 too. I'm with you. Like, if you're going to go crazy over this list, you got a problem. Like, these are like, if anything, you should be looking at this list going, damn, the NBA is in good hands here. Like, yeah. over the next, like, hopefully decade with all of these names. Like, yeah, John Morant and Trey Young are like 15th and 16th. Like, they're some of the best players in the league. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was happy to always be reminded of uh, the young talent in this league. But if you're going crazy over this list, just relax. It's some fun, guys. This is just smart, you know. Creating content out of thin air. Good yeah, exactly. on Bobby Marks. Good on Pelton and Schmidt. This is what you got to do around this time. He's got to make up a list and then run with it. I guess some people in the comments are saying uh, uh, a notable name not included that you probably would have thought would have been there when we watched him in the bubble. Tyler Hero. Mm. No, Tyler Hero is a, is a little shocking, Lily. Uh, again, yeah. like we would have, like if we were doing this list last year, he's on. I mean, he's on the top 25, I think, and he's not even there. Yeah. And uh, Colin Sexton is number 25. And when you consider the, the Cavs uh, just not been in the national uh, media conversation since the first week of the season, that's a little shocking that he's uh, maintained that level. Whereas Tyler Hero, he's been pretty good when he's played for the Heat this season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm uh, a little surprised that this arbitrary list didn't include every single possible uh, I know. Candidate. Hey, you want to play one about this guy? Where's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's RJ yeah. Barrett? Come on. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's had a good season for, the for sure. Year. Yeah. Last I checked, he wasn't over 25 years old. Maybe they know something I don't. Maybe it's a Buddy Heald situation. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, let's hear from you guys in the YouTube comments. Uh, who was too high? Who was too low? Who you couldn't believe wasn't included on this list? Uh, have at it. You let us know, and then I'll, I'll compile all your answers, and I'll send a nice, uh, strongly worded email to our friends over at ESPN, <laughs> our insiders over there, letting you know what we, uh, we think about their list. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants... Mac Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mac Weldon has figured this stuff out. 
because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Lily, Tweet of the Night duties. What do you got? Well, I'm going to feed two mouths today, uh, Skeetsy. So I've got one for our stream team viewers, and then I've got one for our listeners as well, because I didn't want them to feel left out. Okay, that's nice. But they both come from the same game, and uh, it was that Raptors-Lakers game. And the first one, from Great Dane on Twitter, how she got this Photoshop up so quickly was just incredible. For for those who are listening, it's OG and Gary Trent in the wrestling ring. It's, uh, I guess, Tuesday Night Raw. Tuesday Night Raw! OG's about to throw uh, uh, Schroeder sort of over the ropes, through the ropes, whatever you like. But what an incredible job there. Great job from Great Dane. But... As I said, there was no uh, there was no words for this. I thought, well, Skeetsy's probably going to get angry. No, uh, come on, <laughs> going to get angry. But then uh, I saw how angry Skeetsy got last night, and I thought that was actually a great tweet from you, Skeetsy, last night here when the Raptors lost. Uh, he said, "You said next year we're putting all twenty nine US NBA teams in shitty Canadian cities for the season and see how they fare. You think the Lethbridge Lakers win thirty games? Not a." F- Well, I didn't. I didn't write it in caps lock, so I wasn't yelling it. (laughs) Yeah, but you were. That was a great, great tweet. It was the right level of snark, (laughs) anger, having a shot at Tampa, having a shot shot at at your own country. Yeah, Yeah, like you're just. Everyone sort of is like, yeah, but hang on. It's like when you're that crazy guy, and everyone's like, just don't go near him, man. He's freaking out right now. Just let him have his moment here. So, uh, real. And I saw some great responses. I was going to include some, but there were just so many. I thought, uh, we. We'll talk about them, but uh, really, really good stuff there, Skeetsy. Really great, angry, you know, funny, topical tweet. And, uh, yeah, you just... just had a shot at everybody last night. I know, night. I pissed the whole... off everybody. Tampa <laughs> exactly. fans, like people that live in Tampa. Hey, it's not that bad exactly. here. Well, uh, first off, uh, I'll just leave it at that. But you covered yourself by also shitting on your own country. That's the great well, way to do it. People, uh, right. You know, yeah, Lethbridge people, people were like, it's beautiful in Lethbridge. Yeah. What do you know? <laughs> uh, okay, maybe it is. It's also super windy in Lethbridge. I do know that. Uh, it's like Winnipeg for crying out loud. Uh, and then I got uh, I got Lakers fans upset because they somehow were like, you want to bet we'd win 30 games if we were in Alberta? We have LeBron James. <laughs> That's what you Left want to LeBron. Yeah. I was like, the completely right. irrational replies as well. It just makes it even perfect. I just, I just thought that's one of those ones at Skeetsy when he closed the uh, laptop last night. He just did the old. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I can go thing. to bed now. My work yeah. is complete. Yeah, I got great engagement on that tweet. No doubt. You can fire a lot of people up. Uh, Trey and I on, on the Top Shot Hot Boys, because we went on live right after that tweet. We have decided because of all the responses, right? Like people were like, hey, put this team in so-and-so city in Canada and stuff like that, that there are two rules, Lee, when we do this, because we're actually going to make this into its own segment. Like, right. as if we went through on this promise that Silver's like, you know what? 
that was really unfair that we had to put Toronto in Tampa. So all these other teams next season will be in a Canadian city. Alliteration. Okay. Right. You know, that's always fun. The like yes. the Lethbridge Lakers, it's I guess yeah. similar to Los Angeles because it starts with the same letter. Or just the initials are the same. So if it's the Boston Celtics, right. then it's the Barry Celtics or okay. the Brampton Celtics. So we'll the come Mississauga up with the Timberwolves. Exactly, exactly. So those are gonna be our rules when we actually do this. So if you have suggestions, uh let us know. My favorite that a lot of people were tweeting in, the Thunder Bay Thunder. Yeah. Uh, that's where we'll make like one exception to the rule. Yeah, like, that's that, too that good. one's too too good. Like uh the good <laughs> Thunder Thunder. That's uh, very, very funny to me. So anyway, thanks, thanks Lee for uh you know, giving Temper Boy a little love. You know, sometimes you feel like to really make a tweet sing, you got to throw some swear words in it. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't like to swear too much on Twitter. Like, like, you know, like relax. Yeah. But it's like, ah, this one felt like it needed it. Yeah, it needed the f***ing chance in there. So Yeah, that, that's the thing. Because it came at the end, you thought, oh, it's a clean tweet. It's a clean tweet. Then I was just like, nah. It's a clean tweet. I'm telling you, you're just that, you're just that ranting angry guy on the corner, yeah, haven't you? Yeah. You know, people are like, what the hell is up with that guy over there, you know? And it's but no one's no one's to approach him. Everyone's just like, just let him go. He'll be fine. He'll calm down. No, soon. It's, it was. Don't worry. I wasn't actually serious. Lethbridge people. Um, this <laughs> one's not thing- bad though, Trey. Ooh, the Chilliwack Bulls. Oh, the Chili Dog Bulls. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the tweet from you, Skeets, last night though that pissed me off the most. Yeah. The Great Pottery Throwdown is better than the Great oh. British Baking oh. Show. Ugh. Trash, trash uh, take. Happy you, to see, well, you have happy to see almost show, zero, zero engagement on this one. So I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm uh, I'm early to the game, to the pottery game. Like once you all start watching it, you'll understand. Oh, it's incredible. Nah, oh, nah, you won't. Incredible. You won't keep up with it. You won't yeah. keep up with it. Just mean? like the marbles, just like Marbula One, it'll be gone <laughs> to the wind. It'll be gone That's to the wind, true, and actually. I will be talking to Peter Sawkins about making a babka. Uh, yeah, that's why you're pro uh, pro bake And look, I, I also like can... food more than yeah, pottery. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think I do. I'd rather eat a, a nice vase than, uh, than a cupcake. <laughs> Um, it's a great show, though. I will say it's like a classic. It's awesome British reality television. JD, highly recommended. If once you're done with the the Bake Off. I did screw up that tweet too, by the way. It's not uh, the Great British Baking Show, which I think is actually another show, but it's the Great British Bake Off, like you said, Trey. Uh, so I did screw that up. Brutal t- tweet, you're right. But Pottery Throwdown, uh, JD, so good. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's good. So, it's what do you think of uh, our man Keith crying when he picks up the weight of a vase? It's beautiful. <laughs> he's a sensitive, sensitive man. You got to love oh, it, right? He's I mean... super sensitive. He just loves good pottery. <laughs> Uh, he's also incredible on the wheel, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> on the wheel. Uh, yeah. On the wheel. <laughs> so they call it the ones and twos? Yeah, Keith man. is getting busy. I guess probably just the ones. It's just the one there, right? Uh, do they do a lot of shaping? I like that. Oh, dude, you're going to love it, Trey. I mean, Honestly, like I probably much, will love it. It sounds like it. something right up my alley. But uh, come on. Do they got Paul Hollywood giving handshakes? I doubt it. No, I doubt it, man. The, ver- the version is of the Paul Ho- Paul Hollywood handshake is... If you make Keith cry from yeah. like your the beauty of your, uh, your work. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. A Keith cry, I like that. <laughs> I do cry- like that. And this dude cries <laughs> like every three episodes. It's oh, wild. it's so much easier to get Keith to cry yeah. than to get a yeah. handshake from Paul Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. The first time he cried, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, this guy's like so moved by this person's pottery. Like, that's pretty special. And then I got 
gotta be honest, he started crying like every second episode. I was like, all right, come oh, on. You're blowing it, man. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, I saw an episode of Bake Off uh, where Paul, Paul Hollywood gave multiple handshakes in the same episode. I was like, mm-hmm. this ruins everything. Yeah. Inflation right here. And I'm seeing yeah. people in the stream team are upset. Look, Marbula 1 is awesome. I'm just saying, we talked about it a lot more when there was no basketball going on and there were no other cool new shows coming out. When the only thing we could find was marble racing, it was number one. I'm just saying it's not number one anymore, but Mm. I guess season two is back. Marbula Mm. 1, season two. I'm still rolling with the O-Rangers. Skeets, I'm sure you're still a raspberry Raspberry racer. racer. We're still dipping in. I'm just making jokes, okay? Um, yeah, you know, like who continued to watch that is uh, my godson Andreas still loves watching it. Like he's That's always great. firing up, and it is great, especially for a kid. Uh, it's cooler than horse. Somebody said. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. yes. You're right, Dale. Maybe not playing it, but watching it on TV, hundred percent. Okay. Wow. Those tweets were firing everybody up here. I love it. <laughs> um, pick a results. I'm on them. Uh, I'm telling you, fade me hard right now. Guys, I either like can't pick wrong or I can never pick a game right. And I am in a bad streak here. I lost because I had Boston. Tass lost. He had Boston. He's 3-1. and one. You guys are 3-1 and because you had Philly. I'm 1-3. Tonight's game, though, good one. Nope. Two best teams in the Western Conference. Jazz and Suns. Utah favored by two and a half on the road in Phoenix. Let's go to Tass first, JD. Let's find out who T is taking. I like that. Two best records in the NBA. Looking forward to this one. And I think Utah beats Phoenix. They bounce back after a cold shooting night against Dallas. They don't lose two in a row very often. It's only happened twice this season. And I think the Jazz are in a good spot. Plus, I like the fact that the only time that they've played this season, Phoenix won. So I'll take Utah to bounce back in a couple different ways. Okay. Tass making great points there. Makes sense. Lee, do you agree with them? Jazz win by three or more? Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I feel Phoenix have probably been a little bit underrated even still to this point. But uh, Utah had such a stinker the other night in Dallas. I expect that they will come out firing a little bit more. So I'll take Utah by three points. Mm, Trey, where are you going? I probably also would have taken the Jazz, but I'm feeling swervy today, gentlemen. (laughs) Give me the Suns. Keeping the streak alive, or at least keeping it close enough. I'll go Phoenix. All right, I'll go with you, Trey. I mean, I can't sit here the last couple of days telling everybody, you're all underestimating the Suns. You're not talking about them enough. Booker's been incredible. Nobody cares. You only care when he's on a crap team. You're like, oh... Okay, I'll take the Suns, but man, you make great points with the Jazz bouncing back. We'll see. Hopefully it's a close game. Yeah, I guess the uh, Suns could cover and still lose, and then we would get the victory. So we're split on this one, too. Lee, Tass, taking the Jazz to win by three or more, and Trey and I taking the Suns to keep it close or even get that W. Hopefully it's a close game. That's it for us. Fun show. We got another one coming later today, though. Don't you worry. I'm telling you, get your Blinkus in while you can, because there's another classic coming at 3 p.m. Eastern where we hit the beach where we step on the uh, soft, soft sand to read your emails and your tweets. Send them in, no dunks at theathletic.com. It'll be fun. I haven't even looked at today's questions. I don't know if you guys got a, got a head start on today's beach step in. Yeah, I usually do by this point, but I haven't yet. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Good questions, Lee? Yeah, they're always good. Okay, good. We'll have some yeah. fun. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. That's all we ask from you guys. And grab your No Dunks merch if you want to rep the brand. Go to nodunks.com. We'll see you later today, 3 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. With Beach Steppin', can't join us live, don't worry. 
It'll go up in your podcast feed uh, 45 minutes to an hour later. Or, of course, it will live on YouTube forever. We will see you later. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, John Cleese, if you're listening and attending the Jazz versus Suns game tonight, please hop on No Dunks tomorrow to break it down for our Pick'em Pail (laughs) (laughs) segment. Come on, John Cleese. Come on the show. Embrace the day, people. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.